for the last time. I'm pretty sure what's killing the crops is this Brondo stuff. The Brondo's got what plants crave. It's got electrolytes. So wait a minute. What you're saying is that you want us to put water on the crops? Yes. Water. Like out the toilet? Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be out of the toilet, but, but yeah, that's the idea. But Brondo's got what plants crave. It's got electrolytes. Welcome to this week's episode of Say What You Mean. I'm Jeff. Oh, hold, give me a second to recover here. That one kind of hit me. We were just, uh, we turned it on and there was silence. And then, boom, there you go. I, I casually didn't... turned like, mm, not doing anything. Bow! What's that? And I'm, <laughs> and I'm Jake, by the way. Oh, yeah, you didn't introduce yeah. yourself. Yeah, yeah. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the SWYM. I always get, see, I try to do that um, with the acronym and I always screw it up. I paused right there because yeah. I knew I was going to screw it up, mm-hmm. but I didn't. You didn't. Congratulations. It's a tough one. It is. It's a tongue twister. Um, I think we just have to start real quick. Um, we haven't talked about this in a while I, because people don't like when we do, but the oh, Blazer season is over. It's over. Thank God. Yeah. You know what? Chad the Body was right. He about? Said he, when he tweeted before the game, yeah. saying that he predicts that the Blazer season will mercifully come to an end tonight oh, in game yeah. six. And we were all like, oh, taking, Dame's taking receipts. They're going to win. They're still going to win the series. I went into game six prior to tip-off thinking I know. they were still going to win the series. That's why they lost. I know. That's what I get. That's what I get for <laughs> I having hope. For it. I said, Jake's calling it, so it's over. That's mm-hmm. how I know. Yep. Do um, the exact opposite of what Jake predicts. Yeah. It's always going to happen. Uh, that's why I always win tacos. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I still owe you 16 tacos. Yes, you do. Uh, I'm, I'm glad it's over. Mm-hmm. Watching Phoenix Suns and Denver, so Denver beat Portland mm-hmm. to kick him out of the playoffs, and Denver just, it was the better team, and they looked like it. Yeah, The Suns are just shredding Denver to pieces. Yeah, It is unreal, and, then, and to watch this team who beat Portland's ass mm-hmm. get shredded by the Suns mm-hmm. just tells you how... Just how Portland doesn't belong in the playoffs. No. Because these two teams, even though Denver's losing, mm-hmm. they're a better team. Yeah. And they and they're, they beat Portland with their bench players. They did. And now they're facing the Phoenix Suns, who have all their starters. Chris is a little, you know, he's injured, always injured, not injured, kind of injured. Who knows? Yeah. Last night, phenomenal. Well, that's the thing with Chris Paul in this team. This iteration of Chris Paul in this team is that I think Chris understands that my sole job yep. is just to stay on the court to facilitate. Yep. I don't he doesn't have to go be that thirty point a night guy, putting his body through pick and rolls after mm-hmm. pick and roll after pick and roll and putting himself in danger of getting hurt because he has had that injury history. Yeah. And that's always derailed his teams. He gets hurt every year in the playoffs and he, he did get hurt mm-hmm. in uh against the in the Lakers series. And I love watching this Phoenix Suns Dude, team. Dude, they are so fun They're to watch. They're crisp. They move the ball. DeAndre Ayton has yes. come out of nowhere from like little like borderline bust label to now it's like 
he could be an all-star yeah. next, like in the next couple of years. As his a defense big. is amazing on his Jokic. his rim protection yes. is insane, and his on-ball defense mm-hmm. is as as good, if not better. Yeah. Um, Mikhail Bridges is like the perfect. Uh, um, I don't know. He's like the he's like the perfect role player behind mm-hmm. those like the core three. It's right. just you can tell they're one they're well coached, which kills me because Monty Williams used to be here in Portland. Yeah, uh, and two that their front office has done such a good job with roster construction. Yeah, and bringing in Chris Paul as that one piece because everything else is the same with that team, exactly the same. But bringing in that veteran facilitator to kind of bring them together and being like, this is how you win. Mm-hmm. This is what you do. Yep. And you expect, I mean, I guess I just expected that more from Portland because yeah. Portland has been through their lumps in the playoffs. This core has been through their lumps and yet consistently don't get better. Yeah. And do they've been now Portland started their rebuild before Phoenix. They started mm-hmm. the rebuild before Denver. They started the rebuild before Utah started the b- rebuild before Dallas. And yet somehow all four of those teams have lapped them. Yeah. But yet roster construction, according to the GM, Neil O'Shea, isn't the issue. Yeah. What do you, what are your, like, what do you think? I'm glad it's over. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to torture myself. Uh, You and I had talked to previous episodes about how we just weren't into basketball. Like Mm -hmm. as far as the NBA and watching it. And there was a point where I told you I'm not watching anymore. Yeah. I lied. I was secretly watching the whole time. Yeah. I'm the same way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but there was there was a period where I wasn't watching the mm-hmm. season and I just didn't it was whatever, you know, and you and I tried to like pinpoint it and we talked a little bit about it. But I found myself towards the end of the season really watching it again and re- just being reminded of why I like the sport, why I love the sport. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad Portland is done because it was torture. It was torture mm-hmm. because, you know, I said something to someone at work the other day and I said, every Portland, every Portland fan needs a backup team because they know Portland's not going to do anything. Thankfully, I've been rooting for the Suns for years yeah. as my second team. And so now that I have a team that I do enjoy and I do like doing something in the playoffs, it's kind of nice. It's mm-hmm. kind of fun. But I always will prefer portland to be that team but they just can't do it i don't know what the hell's going on well i think it's neil it has to be right he's the common denominator yeah his hesitancy or refusal to move any of his pieces that he drafted Mm -hmm. it's just it's it's hurting hurting us outside of like so there you take out the big markets right boston new york um and the la teams yeah, there are one of those teams. One is still in the playoffs, mm-hmm. it, which is crazy. <laughs> but I'm I'm gonna talk about it in a different context. You yeah. take those because those are like the destination right. places, right? That you expect all stars to want to go. The Knicks, obviously, they're not. They People haven't want to go there to play in live in New York, but they don't really. That team, I mean, they did well this year, but yeah, I mean, they got to the four seed and then lost in five to an Atlanta team that is surprisingly really good now too. Yeah, like how frustrating is that? Yeah, <sighs> whatever. Um, <laughs> I mean, roster construction. It, yeah. You bring in, you bring in guys like they swung. A, they've swung trades for Lou Williams this year. Uh, they swung trades for um, uh, 
they brought they got Rondo to sign there in the offseason and they mm-hmm. ended up trading him straight up for Lou Williams. Uh did they have Dan- they brought in Danilo Gallinari. Mm-hmm. Like they have dudes there. Yeah. And they've done a better job of drafting than Portland. Like that's the whole thing is Neil is supposed to be this Neil is supposed to be this great uh, talent evaluator in the draft. Yet teams like Phoenix, teams like Dallas, teams like Atlanta all have primarily draft Utah, Utah all pretty much have draft pick heavy yeah. rosters yeah. that are better than Portland. Yeah. I, I, I you look at you look at Atlanta starting lineup, those are all draft picks. Yeah. Trey uh Trey, Trey Young, Young, um DeAndre Hunter, uh John Collins. Mm-hmm. Who else starts? Uh Bogdanovich isn't uh mm. isn't a draft pick right. of theirs. Um but way out, both Bogdanoviches have been moved. You don't think that they would fit into Portland's yeah. system well? Yeah. Uh, above 45% free th- uh, three-point shooters? Dude, Jay Crowder on the Suns? Yeah. What? He, <laughs> they got him for pennies on a dollar. I know, and he's smashing. They got him for the exact same amount that, we pay, that we're paying Covington. What, uh, what about Evan Turner? Yeah, right? Yeah. Out of the league. As soon as he gets off Portland's roster, he spends one year sitting on the bench in Atlanta and then retires out of the league. Yeah. That's the move to make. I I don't... It's so frustrating. Yeah. At, at the same point, you're like, okay, we, I need to use the, to use a kneel term. Because mm-hmm. those of you who are listening and have no idea what we're talking about, <laughs> the, 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 the general manager of the Trail Portland Trailblazers, his name is Neil Olshay. Mm-hmm. He is one of the most condescending. He's not a bad GM. Here's the th- difficult thing with him. He's very condescending and he's an ass. Yeah. But he's not a terrible GM. No. But he is a GM who takes bad franchises and makes them relevant. Mm-hmm. But he is not the GM to take a good team and make them elite. That's a great point. Because I think he does well enough at evaluating talent mm-hmm. and finding guys that are kind of on the scrap heap, the Mo Harklesses of the world, yeah. can bring them in, put them into a system mm-hmm. around decent young players that he's drafted, and they can build a consistent mm-hmm. middling winner. Clip, i.e. Clippers. I.e. the Clippers, mm-hmm. until he moved on, yeah. right? Did the same thing with Portland. He took over a Portland team that was very bad going through a complete rebuild. Mm-hmm. Think about what happens after the brand. He comes in after Brandon Roy is yep. done with Portland. Um, they lose all of that core who just mutinied against Nate McMillan. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they lose Marcus Camby. They lose Gerald Camby. Wallace. They lose all of those oh, guys. Wallace. And he's able to draft Damian Lillard, draft CJ McCollum back to back years, put mm-hmm. him around, um, put seemingly guys who were just cast offs Robin Lopez Chris Kamen Chris Kamen brings all these guys in <sighs> and then they had a 54 win season yeah. in Lillard's second year and then has done nothing since why because he doesn't have either the balls to make a big swing mm-hmm. or he does or he just I don't know like but you can't convince me that small market teams can't make big moves <laughs> clearly because the Minnesota Timberwolves traded for Jimmy Butler right Find Minnesota is not a smaller is not a is not a smaller market. Yeah, is not a larger market. Sorry than yeah, Portland. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I just you can't. There's been thirteen all stars. He played there. There's been thirteen all stars moved to small market clubs. That's insane. Not a single one of them has been moved to Portland. 
Wow. In the last, like, I think it's like in the last three to four years, there has been 13 All-Stars who have moved teams mm-hmm. and not a single one of them went to Portland. Yeah. So this Neil O'Shea, it's really hard to get stars to come to Portland. It is, mm-hmm. but it's not impossible. And yes, it's hard, but that's also your job. That is what you're getting compensated yes. very well to do. Yeah. And if you can't do it, find someone else and maybe they can't do it, but at least we're, at least we're trying because yeah. you've already shown that you can't. Yeah. And I'm willing to try it with somebody else. Dude, to, to freaking blame Terry which solely. Yeah. And Terry has, this is where I had, like, now I'm starting to see, like, oh, it's all Neil. Because Neil's press, Neil did a postseason press uh-huh. conference that was so bad. Mm-hmm. Everyone called him out. Even all the local media, mm-hmm. except for any media that's related to the Trailblazers. Which is all state-run media. Was just like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. And then guys in <laughs> other markets were calling out Portland. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Writers in other markets were like, this is embarrassing mm-hmm. of Portland. He was throwing Terry under the bus, like using just not even stuff that made sense. Yeah. Like, so if you've, if you follow the Blazers or you listen to us talk, <laughs> their defense has been bad. Yeah. Under Neil O'Shea, the nine, um, under Neil O'Shea and Terry Stotts, who have been coaching and GMing the, the team for the exact same amount of time, mm-hmm. they came in basically together. The Terry has only had a top 10 defense. Mm hmm once oh wow in nine years yeah so terry obviously is not a particularly good defensive coach right he is a good offensive coach Mm -hmm. but part of that is also you can only do so much with the players you are given yeah terry's not the one responsible of getting the players so terry is in charge in charge of coaching and scheming what he is given yeah and there is deficiencies there we've talked about it terry is at fault here. I feel like also there was a little bit of contention between him and the players this season. Mm-hmm. Nurk was not happy. Um, I feel I just feel like there were a lot of guys who were just kind of not happy with Terry. And I think a lot of what Terry was trying to do was falling on deaf ears. Oh. There was consistently like we talked about this lapses in energy. Yeah, yeah. Not even from game to game, but from quarter to quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time it seemed like Portland would start making strides Mm -hmm. they would start resting on their laurels again Mm -hmm. and that's on the coach to make sure you keep momentum yeah yeah i think yeah i i I feel like that is it's on either the veterans and it's on the coach yeah 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 um but anyway neil was trying to basically take the credit for having the number one offense in the league but then shifting all of the blame onto the the team having the 29th defense right, in the league. Right. You can't you can't have it both ways. You have to own both. Yeah. Yeah. What a piece of crap. Or own none of it. <laughs> or own none of it. Yeah. yeah, and give the credit to Terry. Terry was great. He had the number 1 offense, but he he was last in defense. Mm-hmm. We have to address that. Or well, I have the number 1 offense, but I also constructed a team with the worst defense. Yeah. Maybe I need to address that. Mhm. It's, but instead, he says, my players, with the players that I brought on the roster, we had the number one offense mm-hmm. in the league. But then we plateaued because our defense was 29th. Yeah. And that's on Terry. Yeah. You see Mark Cuban? No. So Dallas is out. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he was like, there's no reason for me to, to look for a new coach. Oh, he's, yeah. Having Carlisle's back. Yeah. I did see that. Yeah. Legend. 
Yeah. Legend. And it's in Carlisle. I mean, yes, he's won a title, mm-hmm. but he was also given Dirk. He had Dirk Nowitzki. Mm-hmm. Um, but Carlisle has had a really since that year where they won the title. Mm-hmm. He's never been out of the first round. Yeah. He hasn't been out of the first round since then. Yeah. And that's like 10 years. Yeah. And he's had years where he hasn't even made the playoffs. Right. So Terry, in that span, mm-hmm. they're basically the same guy. Yeah. Stotts comes out of Carlisle's system. We yeah. hired him He out of Dallas. Yeah. He was an assistant to Carlisle. Terry's actually had a better oh, yeah. run oh, since yeah. that title year than Carlisle has. Yeah. But yet, you have a GM or the owner who's also the GM, like mm-hmm. Cuban controls everything with yeah. that franchise, and that's just who he is. Understanding that, you know, sometimes it's not just it's not just the coach. So what if what if the franchise just hypothetically, what if the franchise chose to keep Terry but get a new GM? See, I don't know. So it's really hard with that because then you're limiting your pool of GMs, right? Who would want to come in with a coach and system already in place? Mm. If you're a GM, a lot of times you have a vision yes. of how you want your roster constructed, okay. and you have to find a coach who can utilize oh, right. who can utilize the players that you are envisioning building your roster around. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're like you end up with a uh, you end up kind of like a with a pacer situation where you've got a GM with a vision and a coach where it's just like trying to fit a round peg in a square yeah, hole yeah. and you've got t- players just that it's just a def- then it's just def- dysfunction right it's it, so you're not going to want that's a great point a gm's not going to want to be tied to a coach that he didn't pick right because that pacers team that's a pretty good roster right mm-hmm. now with a bright future yeah it's just finding the yeah maybe i think the coach is the issue in, in indiana and and pritchard owned that yeah he said we have to do better we have to find a better coach mm-hmm. that's on me i saw that yeah yeah, yeah. Chad Buchanan's their GM. Oh, Pritchard, Pritchard is, is the, the president, president of operations. Oh, is yeah. He? Okay. Yeah. Also used to be with Portland. Yeah, both of them. Neil O'Shea. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Neil O'Shea. Uh, not Neil O'Shea. Uh, Paul Allen fired Kevin Pritchard famously two hours before the draft. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> this, this franchise, man. Yeah. I mean, it's and the, and it, and it makes me think of like Call of Duty, right? Mm-hmm. We all fucking hate that game, but we keep playing it. Yeah. And this team, we oh, they're heartbreaking constantly, but we still bleed that red, black, and gray. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I, I am just uh, like the two worst scenarios that you. Know, Jason Quick wrote a really good piece in the in a, in the Athletic. He said, like, the two worst scenarios that Portland can... Like, you ask any Portland fan, what are the two worst case scenarios for Mm -hmm. you? Number one is Jody Allen sells a team and it gets moved to Seattle. Yeah. Number two is Damian Lillard says, you know what? F this, I'm out. Yeah. I don't care if we have a 10-win season, Mm -hmm. if we're that bad. As long as it's in Portland and Damian's here, I don't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, if it's a 10-1 season, Damian's out. I can, uh, yeah, I can guarantee yeah, you that. Yeah. Or Damian's hurt. And yeah. Damian is too good for us not to be in the playoff hunt. Right, right. The problem is is that Damian wants more than that. And yeah. we should all want more than We yes. should all want more than that. Right. Uh, I don't think... I mean, who knows what Jody's going to do? We don't know. Nobody knows her. Paul Allen was at least somewhat predictable. Yeah. Um, we don't know what Jody Allen's level of interest is in the mm-hmm, team. Mm-hmm. We know that she wants to keep the team... 
because she had like her she knew it was her brother's it's like her brother's legacy yes and she wants to honor that yes so my guess is that she'll keep it yeah uh i mean the allens are not in need of money right and i think they're making another like i'm pretty sure the franchise breaks even at this point yeah yeah i would imagine so maybe not in a covid year but yeah yeah nobody made money last year right right at least in professional sports yeah um Anyway, I we digress. Yeah, uh, it's over. It's over. Go for, Suns. Potential. Well, we were all hoping that. I know for me, I was like, you know what? Maybe losing the the silver lining of this yeah. really really bad playoff series was that at least it's going to force force wholesale changes. Yeah, and we got the the we got the firing of the coach, mm-hmm. which I was art which I was advocating for. Yeah, we all know. But I also wanted Neil to go. Yeah. I, I wanted both of them gone. Mm-hmm. I wanted a completely fresh set of eyes looking at the Damian Lillard situation. Yeah, We're not going to get that. Nope. Clearly, Neil has enough influence and ability to spin. He's a slick talker, man. Yeah, he That's is. why he we all three of us call him a used car salesman. He is yeah. perfect at it. Yeah. And he is the sports trump. Yeah. Yeah, he's so annoying. He wants media around him that is willing to spin his narratives. Yes. And he'll spin anything. And take no accountability. Oh, and he'll like he'll uh, throw media that that talks against him. Mm-hmm. He's so rude to them. Yeah, and like he just bashes on them. Mm-hmm. Fake your fake news. Yeah, essentially, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's over. But so, that's okay. We'll see what happens. I mean, they need to. Tr- I I feel like they need to balance. If I I I made this point is yeah. that if you've got Portland is constantly talked about, and he says this himself. The sports Trump says this himself. Why would I, when asked about trading CJ, why would I trade the best backcourt in the league? Well, your best backcourt in the league has gotten you essentially nowhere. Mm-hmm. And you have to, and you just lost a series to a team missing their starting backcourt. Yeah. Their starting guards were both out. That's a great point. So if your roster is not balanced enough to be able to overcome that, you need to balance out your roster. Mm-hmm. And over 50% of your salary cap is spent on that backcourt. Mm-hmm. So logic would dictate you got to trade one of them. You got to trade one of them. You don't Look, trade Damien. And he's all about models, right? He'll talk about his Mason Plumley model, about how he was able to acquire Mason Plumley for Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Yeah. And then he traded my, my uh, Mason Plumley for Yusuf Nurkic in the first round draft pick. They then used that first round draft pick to move a package and move up and draft Zach Collins, who was supposed to be a foundational piece. That hasn't worked because of injuries. And, uh, and I honestly think fit. Even if Zach Collins was healthy, I don't think Zach Collins is the difference maker for this franchise. Right. But it's hard. We can never know because yeah. he's never been healthy. Um but he talks about that model constantly. We got mm-hmm. the, the Mason Plumley model. If you listen to his press conferences, that's all he talks about. Well, if he likes to use his own language, use the Steph Curry Monte Ellis model to talk about mm-hmm. why an undersized backcourt cannot win in the playoffs. Yeah. Neil constantly likes to talk about regular season success. Dude, you're done with regular season yeah. success at this point because yeah. you're, yes, you have regular season success, but it does not translate to the postseason. And that's nope. what ultimately matters. Yeah. You cannot win when the game gets officiated differently mm-hmm. in the playoffs. And it's yeah. a seven-game series. Yeah. Teams know you by games five, six, and seven. They know yeah. what you're trying to do. And then it just comes down to individual matchups. Yes. Your roster is not balanced enough to win a seven-game series. No. So no. logic would dictate that you've got to move one of them, like Golden State did. They moved Monte Ellis, and they got hammered for that. Mm-hmm. But they traded for Andrew Bogut a center that balanced out their roster and mm-hmm. put them on the trajectory to become what they were. Yeah. Yeah. And then they could put 
pieces around those players yeah. over time, and then they built a consistent winner. Mm-hmm. Neil refuses to make that next step. Yeah, he is so attracted to his pet players. Now, tell me what is going to like. He was he got all sorts of pissed at the. Um, at, uh, I forget if Joel Freeman asked him this question. Mm-hmm. You have an undersized like you have an undersized backcourt with Norman Powell, mm-hmm. and then he goes, "Well, I think Damian Lillard would take exception to him being called undersized. He's six three and he's a thick body. Trey Young is an undersized point guard." And then finally, Freeman's okay. Fine, one of your three guards that you start is regular sized. <laughs> you're still undersized, and Neil goes, "Yeah, okay." And it's like, really, you're going to try to pick apart one little part about it? The still, the point still stands. You're starting three sub six yeah. five guards. Yeah. And then the guy who comes off your bench is another, by your definition, small guard. Yeah. So you're playing. In your eight-man rotation in the playoffs, you're playing four undersized guards. Listen to the passion, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> He's so full of shit. Yeah, he is. He's spinning <laughs> it, though. God. But I think the difference is now people are catching on. Into, Locally and Yeah, they're nationally. catching on, but it's not in, not going to be in time. What, what are we going to do? We can't do there's anything. There's nothing we can do. You're, tr- you're right. There's nothing can we do. But yeah. to my point, the top two things that we're most scared about yeah. is l- the second one being losing Damian Lillard, and that is a very real possibility. I don't know if it is. Ooh, I don't know, man. I, dude, you, one more season of this shit? Running it back with Covington missing dunks. You talking about the game five in the, of this series yeah. was the one of the greatest individual postseason performances of all time. Yeah, that's just not a blazer honk saying that. Yeah. That was like national media yes. narrative. Yes, and he's in that two overtime period. He shot seven of nine from the field. Damian yeah. Lillard. Yeah, you know what the rest of the team did in that time? I don't want to know. One for thirteen. And the only two points was off an Ennis Canner putback. Yep, I remember. One of 13 versus seven of nine. Yeah. You have players missing dunks. Yeah. He's making contested threes to force a second OT, and you've got a dude out there starting missing multiple point blank dunks. It's because he was trying to be flashy. He should have just. It doesn't la- matter. Laid he it up. missed dunks. <laughs> You're a six foot seven forward, yeah. Starting at power forward because your roster is undersized, missing dunks. Yeah. I if you're not Damian Lillard, you're not looking at this dude. And you're running this these guys back. Yeah. That dude's missing dunks. Yeah. And you're bringing him back onto our roster. Are you kidding is, me? Does he want to see CJ moved? Uh, we don't know. We don't know what Damien we don't know what Damien feels like, but he has talked about I mean, his words were pointed at the end of this year. Yeah. Jason Quick in his article said that Damian Lillard tweeted him back after asking him, "Well, how do you feel about what's like what's been happening and the winds of the the title the the article was titled The Winds of Change in Portland." Right. And apparently Quick had texted Lillard to get his opinion and said that um there was a two-sentence reply from Damien, and this was it. And Jason Quick said he wouldn't say what the first sentence said, but the second the second sentence said, I don't have any comment on anything. Hmm. What was the first sentence? 
That's terrifying. Well, pay attention to what Jason Quick reports. Yeah. And the language used. Mm-hmm. Jeez. All right, we got to move on yeah. from basketball. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's been we have hashed this out a lot over our um in our group chat. Oh, yeah. What else is going on in the world? Uh well, the G7 summit is okay. uh going on this week. Biden's first international trip. Yeah. As president. How do you feel about it? Uh, good. I, I think, um, I saw him with Boris Johnson this morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's in England. Um, he, I, th- I don't know. It, it's a, he is a, this, it's weird that this is, this is a typically Biden is acting like a typical U S president. Okay. But it's weird in contrast to the last four years mm-hmm. because Biden, was like, Biden plans to try to get the G7 countries together. This is what the G7 is supposed to be for. It's an informal organization of the top seven Western economies, mm-hmm. inc- um, including Japan in that, uh, to try to coordinate their economies to be able to work towards their foreign policy goals. Okay. Saying, we're going to gear our economy, we're going to work on our economic, we're going to gear our economies, whether in trade or different things to try to put pressure on our adversaries. G- mm. The G7 was an incredibly important tool used against the Soviet bloc during the Cold War. I, it sounds like Biden, based on his, based on his language that he's used in before leaving mm-hmm. in his press conferences, was was talking about the G7 is going to be working together to combat China, to mm-hmm. combat Russia, right? Bringing the U- bringing the the u.s it, it, it's it just it's very reminiscent of past presidents mm-hmm. whereas trump was headed to the g7 to battle everyone in the g7 everyone in the g7 <laughs> yeah so it's weird because it's like well this is normal like this is normal but it doesn't feel normal right diplomacy diplomacy <laughs> right and using our allies as a tool against our main adversaries right right um because even trump to his credit to his credit, <laughs> did say China is right one of our greatest adversaries. It's just that he was going to go it alone while also trying to fight our allies. Yes, Biden is like even though we have differences, we have a greater we we have a greater threat. Yes, than what our differences are between us. Let's put those aside for now and focus on focus on the more immediate threat to right. all of us, right. which is an expansionist China. Try to get them on board. Mm-hmm. So the U.S. apparently Biden is going to be purchasing 500 million doses. The, mm. Biden, the U.S. is going to be purchasing 500 million doses, um, and trying to lead by example here because mm-hmm. apparently he's going to try to pitch the other G7 of buying, pooling resources to buy vaccinations and spread them throughout the world to try to vaccinate the world. Mm-hmm. And the U.S. is leading by example before even pitching this to the G7. They've mm-hmm. already put in place plans to do this mm-hmm. on their own, okay. saying we're leading. You guys piggy- piggyback on us. This right. isn't just going to be like, this is our idea. Let's all work on it. This is U.S. is going to lead. You guys piggyback on us. Okay. That way you're there's it. The U.S. is taking the is taking the they're the first movers. The first mover complex is a very politically is a very present psychological mechanism nobody wants to be the first one to take a step into the unknown Mm -hmm. right because when you because when you right (laughs) when you uh (laughs) no one wants to be that first person one wants to take that first step right 
because you are vulnerable. Right. That's that's the most vulnerable step is the first step and the first one to take that step okay. over the line. So the U.S. saying we're going to be the ones to do this. We're already doing it. We're taking the brunt of the risk is going to allow the other. I think it's going to opens the creates an environment for the others to follow. Mm-hmm. So if the U.S. through the G7 can help spread the vaccination around the world and help vaccinate the world, that's mm-hmm. a positive thing. And it's going to paint, you know, I would assume, is going to build goodwill. Yeah with other countries and help repair some of the damage that's been done. Right. Especially in countries like India. Yeah. I don't know. Seems, seems like a pretty solid plan to me. Right. So that's, that's the, that's the news in the okay. U.S. International foreign policy. world. U.S. foreign, foreign policy. policy. U.S. foreign policy right now. Um, I have some criticism on, uh, just this administration's language regarding, uh, vaccinations and, and the virus. Okay. So, um, one one major criticism that you find f- for Trump, you know, taking credit for the rollout of the vaccination vaccine and all this stuff, mm-hmm. what we see from Trumpsters and anti-vaxxers is just like it's about control, and the government is trying to control us. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Um, what I don't really like about what biden had said as far as like domestically regarding the vaccine mm-hmm. it was like he says either get the vaccine or wear a mask the choice is yours so it's this concept of public health being a personal choice mm-hmm. which it's not yeah because if you choose not to get it and you get me sick that's not my personal choice. Mm-hmm. You've gotten me sick. Yeah. So it's this this the, this concept of healthcare being a personal choice that this that started with Donald Trump and his administration mm-hmm. is being continued through this administration. And the CDC has also said like, hey, you can if you're not vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. And and so what that does is per, puts it puts the responsibility and onus on the individuals to either be vaccinated or wear a mask. And as we know, people are not fucking wearing masks and not vaccinated. Mm-hmm. I just have an issue with the uh, this concept of personal choice. I, I don't know how you how else you say it. Does he stand up to the mic and say, "Get your fucking shot"? You know what I mean? I I don't know. Maybe it's a political tactic to appeal to this notion or idea that it is a government control thing, but. It, uh, I think it's a continuation of this concept of personal choice. Mm-hmm. Healthcare being a personal choice. What do you think? <laughs> That's hard. Yeah. Because ultimately, other than rhetoric, mm-hmm. he doesn't have a whole lot that he can do. That's that's my point, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess it's it sounds just my first reaction to what what you were saying yeah. is that he under that this is a more of a political it's um, politicized. He's making this choice because he knows that it's politically popular. Like Oh, I get what you're saying. Because he I think if he continued to be like you need to wear masks. Yes. That's wearing thin on people as the summer months become, so as we're turning into summer, right? And people are ready to be out. People are done with this. Mm-hmm. We were done with it last year, but we we like still did it 
one as kind of an f you to Trump and Trumpsters, right? But also two. <laughs> that wasn't the primary reason. The primary reason was to stay safe. Yeah. The second one was like I'm going to continue doing it because well f Trump. Right. Um, that was for me anyway. I can't speak for everybody. Right. I still wear a mask even though I'm fully vaccinated. When I'm out when I'm out in stores, even though they say fully vaccinated people yeah. don't have to wear masks, I'm still wearing a mask. Me too. Uh, why? I, why? Why? Social pressure. Oh. I my perception of what, how what people think of me. Yeah. Because look at the way I'm look at the way I dress. Yeah, you're a I hipster. could I could either go hipster or trumper, right? Okay. It's the hat. Okay. Because you see both hipsters and Trumpers wearing meshed style trekker hats. Okay. And just get a new hat. I look like the kind of person <laughs> that would that would either be not vaccinated, not wearing a mask, uh-huh. or I could be vaccinated. But I think what is the person my that, that my perception like? of my perception <laughs> of the aggregate? Yes. Right now, until my perception of the aggregate uh, thought yeah. about people not wearing masks yes. in public spaces is still skewed towards i'm assuming that you were just a never masker no, and you're yes. not in any you're an anti-vaxxer interesting until my public perception shifts to uh you probably i'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt yeah. that you actually are vaccinated mm-hmm. i'm still going to wear a mask because hmm. i don't want to make people around me i i care about the assumptions of the people around me so the i don't good i don't want people to think that i'm not vaccinated right and i don't want people to then think like Oh, I might be at risk interacting with this people with this person. So, okay, yeah. So I went to the store the other day and I was wearing my mask. And the sign outside the door said, "If you're fully vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask." Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, one of the most frustrating things about masks and glasses is fog. Mm-hmm. If I'm the only one in the aisle, I pull it down below my nose. If I see someone come down the aisle, I pull it up. Yeah. To me, if I see somebody making that action. I don't know. I, I think about I think about all those steps. Like you like you were just mm-hmm. saying, like, that's the okay, that dude just pulled his mask up as I came down the aisle. He must not be vaccinated because he's worried about getting it. Or he's vaccinated and he just wants to be I, I think it's a respect thing. Mm-hmm. That's how I see it. It's like opening the door for someone or holding the door open for somebody. It's just it's just polite. Mm-hmm. Like it's literally the this notion of like spreading germs on one another mm-hmm. i wear it to one i have a little who i need to be an example for mm-hmm. um and she was like dad your mask is down i said you know no one's around us right now it's okay i said when someone comes by i will put it up she's like oh okay but we're all vaccinated mm-hmm. but it's 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 setting an example for for her but also just i always think of it as setting an example for what you're talking about as far as like the public like these people walk around and they do do i you know what's funny it's it's like now here's an interesting here's an interesting thought that just popped in my head there's this concept of you are all sheep wearing your mask because the government told you mm-hmm. well guess what motherfucker <laughs> i'm vaccinated and i'm choosing to wear a mask government's not telling me government literally told me you don't have to but i am choosing to wear it because i'm not a piece of shit Mm-hmm. Bam! Mic drop. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying though? Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 almost. And now that I'm thinking about it, it's almost like, you know, spitting in the eye of those who who are saying you're all sheep, and so they're walking around without masks, looking at us like sheep. It's like no, I'm, I'm vaccinated, bitch. I don't gotta. Oh, you're a sheep for getting vaccinated, right? 
we're all sheep. Mm-hmm. Sheeple. I know you love that. Yeah. I don't know what on earth. I, I just. I, I don't know what we're gonna. I don't know what we're gonna do in this country. Yeah. We can't do any. We can't do any. Like we're so divided. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I just read a little bit. Uh, so Politico wrote that. Uh, there's conversation, uh, dear God, of Biden running again. Again. Mm. And that he is dedicated to having his legacy be defeating Trumpism, which is a corrosive, which is corrosive to to the government, to the United States mm-hmm. political well, it, system. Well, it is. It is. I don't know about an eighty year old <laughs> running as president. We'll see what that looks Who like. Else? I, I mean, Kamala is not doing great right now. She will not go to that border, bro. <laughs> really i was just reading a whole article on kamala before you got here and it's just like she she went to south america to mm-hmm. like visit different countries and, and talk about issues and stuff and did she was asked about um uh who was it who asked i have it right here hold on sorry guys sorry guys sorry guys sorry guys um lester holt asked him uh well, she says at some point, you know, OK, hold on. He asked her, like, why are we going to the border? Essentially, like well, the border crisis. Everybody's talking about the border. Everyone's coming across the border. I'm sure you saw the clip of she's like, don't come. Do not come to the United States. Do you see that video? Mm-mm. Oh, shit. She's like, do not come to the United States. Don't come like there are legal pathways and means, but do not come like we don't have the the resources or capability to like let everybody in. Like, don't come like she's very stern about it. And this was like a public statement? Oh, yeah. You haven't seen this? No. Oh, dude, hold on. The United States will continue to enforce our laws and secure our border. There are legal methods by which migration can and should occur. Vice President Kamala Harris delivered stark message Monday to would-be migrants of Central America. Hmm. I think yeah, she's in Guatemala saying they will be turned back if they attempt to cross the border illegally. So she's not the goal of our work is to help Guatemalans find hope at home. At the same time, I want to be clear to folks in this region who are thinking about making that dangerous trek to the United States Mexico border. Do not come. Do not come. Harris, on her first foreign trip as vice president, said that Guatemalan president must work with the United States. She also said that the regional leaders must work to reduce violence, corruption, and give their citizens reasons to stay in their home country. Well, that's all well and good. And working with the international community with investment loans and trying to build infrastructure and build up these countries that are essentially on the border of like borderline failed states at this point. Okay. They that's all well and good at the macro level, but mm-hmm. instead, and, but still, you have many people who need to leave now. Like this is all long term refugees, refugees, people who need to leave now to, yeah. to survive. Yeah. And Biden promised prior to being elected that he was going to raise the cap mm-hmm. of annual refugees mm-hmm. under asylum under under a, seeking asylum. Right. To 
uh, Obama era levels or greater than that. Mm -hmm. And he was heralded for that. He was something that his transition team was working on prior to him even taking office. Right. And then now hasn't raised the cap. Yeah. The cap is still basically stuck at Trump era levels. Wow. And they people they keep asking him, you can raise it without Congress. Yeah. That's something the executive branch can do. Yeah. And he hasn't done it. Like that's a lot of room for criticism. And then now and then in context yeah. with what Vice President Harris is saying, yeah. telling people not to come. That's concerning to me. I don't like I I'm pretty liberal when it comes to immigration. I yeah, don't I, know. I don't know what she's talking about. We don't have the resources. Right. Well, I just considered the history of destabilization in South America with the intervention of another country that must not be named. Well, yeah. I mean, we <laughs> have a lot to do with with that. We yeah. saw, we had to stop communism. Yeah. Had to. Had to. Um yeah. so that that is one thing I consider is like the US intervention and, you know, causing some real political issues in South America. But also, like, you're talking about um, raising the cap and, and allowing immigration. I can't help but consider this move. I understand that there, it's, it's, it's hard, right? Because there are people who need to move now. But everything I'm thinking about is considered, if there's an, a real consideration here to stop Trumpism, the mm -hmm. corrosive Trumpism, then you have to consider and calculate moves based on defeating Trumpism and gaining votes for Democratic nominees, mm -hmm. whoever that may be. Yeah. So I'm thinking about immigration as an issue, mm -hmm. but I'm also thinking about, I can't help but think about the movement of people during a pandemic. Right? Yeah. So that's something else I'm considering. I don't know how influential that is in this decision making right now, mm -hmm. but I'm sure that's something that's considered. Yeah, I would imagine. Well, and also climate refugees. We're starting to see yeah. the first community, the first communities being affected by climate change and having to move. Yeah, yeah. And, um, how, do, and how do you deal with that with man these man made borders? Right. Right. In the past, when there has been yeah, oh, that's a great when point. there has been climate change, humans have just picked up and moved. Yeah. And now you've got these rigid, hard borders yeah. that are being defensed by arms saying you cannot come here. Yeah. So not only do you have... That's a great point. Not only do you have the ne people necessity, like having to move necessity from for out of necessity for political reasons. Yeah. Because of political violence. Mm -hmm. But also because the areas they're living in are no longer inhabitable. Right. And, can, or can, and can, can sustain life. Right. That's a great point. No, we're not going to the only country is going to be dealing with this. No. We're actually going to be probably one of the last countries to be dealing with actual climate refugees because we. You mean citizens needing to leave or citizens from other countries need to come here because of mm. climate change. OK. Yeah. Because right now it's mostly the the communities on in the upper northern areas mm -hmm. that have lived in like basically lived on ice sheets and glaciers. Right. That's melting. Right. So they had to leave. Yeah. Russia's dealing with that a lot when they're nor and like their northern like their northern northern territories. Really? Yeah. Wow. And Canada too. Wow. Um, we're gonna have to be dealing with are gonna be dealing with that long before we do. Yeah. But that's all going to tr have trickle down effect. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I don't know. I was just I saw that video of her, and uh, you know, a lot. Sh there's a lot of backlash for for this whole approach. Well. I deservedly so. Yeah. Yeah. 
deservedly so. I I don't I don't I have never bought the we don't have the resources. Mm-hmm. We're either the greatest country, the most wealthy country in the world, or mm-hmm. we're not. Yeah. Yeah. So either admit that we're not as well off as right. we are. Right. Or this is all bullshit and you're trying to steer into for political reasons you're trying to steer into this anti-immigration sentiment Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. why we've always americans regardless of party yeah for the most part Mm -hmm. have always been skeptical of immigration Mm -hmm. it's so weird it's the fear of the other i know it's It's an age-old thing this isn't just american right this is a human thing yeah oh yeah very human thing yeah England, the the main reason Brexit happened was because they're afraid of brown people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they wanted to cut off England from having op- the op- basically the open borders EU policy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's all thrown under the guise of we don't want to lose our culture. Yeah. We don't want to. We want to preserve our culture and brown people destroy culture. Yeah. I had a conversation about the city of Toronto with someone recently mm. and how that is just like this multicultural just epicenter of people from all over the world um uh one the guy i was talking to he's from uh somalia mm. and he said they have a huge uh somalian uh population there and i'm pretty sure they have like a huge like asian community like mm. from different asian countries and so and then he was talking about like uh east european i can't remember what country he mentioned but like a ton of people there and it just sounds like it's just this epicenter of like all of these cultures mm-hmm. and when you go there it's like he said they have like a annual like celebration of all of the cultures like being in this one place mm-hmm. um and to me i just like that sounds awesome that sounds awesome the celebration of like and and to me is that canadian culture I would say the vast majority of Canada would not consider that to be their culture. Well, let's say Toronto culture. Sure. Right? Yeah. Which is Canadian. Mm-hmm. So it's just interesting to me that that is like a celebration of cultures. Mm-hmm. So why can't that be the culture? Because you know what I'm saying? What is culture but ever changing and ever influenced by others? Mm-hmm. It always is. It, yeah, it's culture is never static so we borrow stuff like so much of our culture is borrowed from other cultures that's what i'm saying so i, I just imagine like why can't a, why can't a culture be the celebration of other cultures that's my point um instead of the united states saying fuck we have to preserve this like american white american culture it's like why can't we just celebrate the fact that we can celebrate other cultures because we don't want to push one for english jeff what? We don't want to push one for English, Jeff. Oh, one. For, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Press one for English. Um, yeah, that's so dumb. That's so dumb. When I hear that, I'm like, damn, I wish I knew more. I think I've said that before, though. <laughs> like, damn. Oh, I wish I could speak two for Spanish, dude. That'd be rad. And know what the hell it was saying. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's it just gets back to the debate of what is Trumpism? Mm-hmm. It's nativism. Yeah. Right. right. It's nativism. Yeah, it's this belief in in trying to dictate what it is to be American. Yeah, try to try to put that on pen and paper, yeah. even though it's ever shifting based on what the fewer mm-hmm. says it is. Yeah, and you have to be 
X, Y, Z. You have to check those boxes. We've talked about this yeah. for the last three years. Yeah, hey, three-year anniversary. Yeah, oh, I'm, my God. And I'm pretty sure we, uh, we've we talked about checking these boxes as early back as some I of our totally most... forgot. Some of our first episodes. This is this is Trumpism. This, yeah. this podcast was born in the height of Trumpism. It was, yeah. And we're still dealing with this. Yeah. I feel like we have cataloged it pretty damn well. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's just the lot you... You have had a decade plus, and now the guy in the highest office, and then a person in the highest office, telling people that yeah. your culture is under siege. Yeah, and your culture is under siege, and your culture is X Y Z. You're seeing it in England as well. Yeah. yeah, your culture is X Y and Z. Yeah, and that is under threat by these people right. that are coming here, or by people who are internally mm-hmm. also trying to destroy it yeah. and make it this the boogeyman right they're right? trying to bring over soviet style so communism they're trying or brown people are bringing their culture here and you got to push one for english and we're not going to be and we're teaching young people how to hate america right and all of this your way of life nobody hates america more than americans someone said recently on i think it was fox news i saw really yeah, yeah great um <laughs> which is just insane Sorry. It's just like ahead. we got to you have to wave that flag. Yeah. And that's all under threat. Yeah. And you got to elect me. Yeah. So I'm going to save it. Yeah, I'm going to save you. I'm going to save it. I'm going to save you. I'm your king. There's a flag being there's a flag being flown around this area that says Trump 2024. Uh-huh. Save America again. I What? It's What? Think about that. They view him as their savior. That's disgusting, dude. And the reason I wanted to bring up the criticism of this administration and Kamala is because it's something that we said we would do, mm-hmm. right? And I have hesitancies about that. And what the borders and the and the and the immigration, you have c- criticisms of that. There's zero criticism of Donald Trump by his supporters. Zero. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Like if if and maybe that's my new challenge for these Trump supporters that I engage with. I'm going to ask them. Give me one criticism you have of his presidency, and I want to see what, if they have one because I'll tell you right now I have some of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. I do, and I have them. It would be funny because if they're like, "All right, what's your criticism of Kamala Harris?" I'd be like, "They're not letting enough immigrants mm-hmm. into the yeah, country." Yeah, I mean, I don't. Oh, they'd we, be so we can, I mean, here's another one for for Biden. Yeah, we, masks. Yeah, we didn't. We shit on Trump for not coordinating with the states enough. Yeah, because the federal government is limited in what it can force citizens to do. Right. Uh, he Biden knows he can't pass a national mask mandate right like he can't do that right so like at least not through executive order and it's mm-hmm. not getting through congress uh so you have to work with their states yeah his cdc yes and he himself yes jumped the gun saying if you're vaccinated you don't have to wear masks giving the states no head basically no heads up that that was coming down yeah and giving them no ability to try to coordinate amongst themselves forget florida but <laughs> they were doing their that shithole is doing it's gonna do its own thing with Ron DeSantis. Yeah. They can go fucking float into the Atlantic for yeah. the Gulf of Mexico for all I care. They will. Um 
but the rest of us sane states gave us no opportunity to try to coordinate. I love that you say sane state because I want to just interject here and say that Washington State uh, is given uh, away free uh, joints if you get your vaccine. Free joints? Yeah. Really? <laughs> That's hilarious. I can't remember who it was, but they're like, if you get your shot, you get a free joint over here. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I know they're doing raffles. I told somebody that and they're like, hold on. You should get a joint for each shot because after it, I heard your arm hurts, so you want to smoke a joint. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Anyways, greatest state in the union. Continue. Yeah. I, but that's a great point. That's a great point because I, I remember wait, waking up or what I remember when the news came down or just having the news come up and be like, wait, what the fuck? What are we supposed to do now? Yeah. And you were just like, oh, shit. Because you work in retail. Mm -hmm. And it's like. Luckily, I'm in the safe confines of my own office, right? But it's just like, how how do people how do you regulate this? I mean, the, uh, for for as far as the Karens page that I love to follow, mm -hmm. it's great. It's great material, especially if you're like, hey, you still have to wear a mask here. Fuck that. CDC says that I don't have to. Yeah, you know. But what a mess! How could they not first if? It was so poorly rolled out. Yeah, yeah. Giving businesses yep. no time to try to adjust to it. Yeah. To come up with a coherent policy and how to reg and how to regulate their businesses and and states. Yeah. I know that like he was he relieving Inslee and Brown and all these other these guys who have been trying to hold together. Yeah. Some semblance of public health. Yeah. Uh, like public health policy. Mm -hmm. And then now to be completely swept and undercut in the morning, basically in a morning tweet yeah. by the CDC. Yep. Yeah. Figure it out. That's a great point. That's essentially yeah. what Trump did. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. I, it, dude, I, it pisses me off. Like I did not, I did not like Biden doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so I've been watching, uh, little people, big world, mm -hmm. you know, they have the roll off farm. It, kind of. Oh, you don't know the roll offs, dude? No. They're out in like Hillsborough or something. Oh, they're. Yeah, okay. Okay, so they um so they're like prepping in the year of COVID last year for to open the farm for pumpkin season mm. and just watching them like literally having to sit down and plan out social distancing, having to plan out like they had to like they they had people having to register to come to the farm to limit mm -hmm. like how many people they had there at one time. Just this huge thing, right? And just seeing that you know, the, your work had done things, my work had done things, but nothing on to the to the extent of like something like this mm -hmm. that I had seen. And restaurants have done a lot of those kinds of things. So I can't help but think of all of those necessary preparations to follow these guidelines to allow the business to continue to then be told, hey, people aren't going to be wearing masks. It's like, whoa, what the fuck? Like, how do we prepare for that? But then saying, well, the states can still, uh, for the states can still force, ma uh, still have mask yeah, mandates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're saying that they're not necessary. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Trying as being a private business. Yeah. Trying to enforce. Never gonna happen. Trying to enforce that. No. <laughs> there was no either no foresight in terms of how that was going to be. This is what happens. How is there no There's foresight? Was it the CD, either the CDC jumped the gun and Biden was forced to have to go along with it. Okay. Here's my theory. Is that the CDC, the nerds at the CDC, doctors who probably don't interact with the public very much, mm. were like, oh, the greater public will understand that if you're, if they'll, they'll, they're not going to cherry pick words out of our statement. How else? I mean, how could you not see that coming? Yes. If you're fully vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. Yeah. 
without the force, without thinking, how are we going to actually ensure that people are fully vaccinated when they're not wearing masks? Mm -hmm. And then they came out with that statement and then Biden either had board. Biden didn't know it was coming out. Yeah. Which if there's that lack of communication between the CDC and Biden, that is a problem. Yeah. And if the buck is going to stop at Biden, he needs to make sure that that's on him then. Right. That that, communi- that line of communication isn't open. Like, right. that's a criticism. I'm just saying, like, or they didn't have the foresight to see how that this was going to happen, which is also another problem in and of itself. There's no way to say this as a positive. I agree. Are cases going up? I don't know. I haven't looked. Me neither. I don't even want to know. Because <laughs> at this point, there's no reversing it. What, are you going to go right. back to lockdowns? That right. ain't going to happen. No, fuck no. But how terrible and selfish is that? It's like, look, we we did our thing. We locked down for a little bit. Now let's just, like, we're tired of it. We want to go outside. I mean, I am tired of it. I mean, we are tired of it. But we fucking also elected a moron who did not help react to the pandemic. No, what was uh, what was the, the woman's name? The, the doctor, the woman doctor who was um, there with Fauci all the time. I don't. I know who you're talking about. I don't remember. Her I want to say Doris Burke, but that's not. That's definitely not Doris Burke. <laughs> oh, I love Doris Burke. Um. Anyway, she said I won't like the first hundred thousand deaths uh-huh. were not on. Like, you can't blame any particular any president for the first right. hundred thousand deaths. So right. those were going to occur regardless of who was president. Right. Every death after that first hundred after that first hundred thousand is on Trump. Yeah. And this was a Trump person. This is a doctor working in the Trump administration. Yeah. That next 400,000 plus people who have died from COVID. Died. That is on the president. Yeah. The buck stops there. But now they're trying to, the, the Fox News machines, uh-huh. dude, they're they're going full Neil Olshay and trying to spin everything, trying to make Fauci the enemy yeah. and Trump this visionary. Yeah. Dude. I started reading 1984. Mm-hmm. Have you read it? No. Okay. So reading, I was listening to it when I was on my bike ride. Um, it's a great way to consume a book, by the way. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, but just the, there's the, you know, the main character's job is to edit things from the past to then like, so that if the, I can't remember the Supreme Leader's name, but when he says something or they want to change something, anytime someone goes back to look at documents that prove it, they've been altered to show basically like he is, he predicted the future. Mm. Dude, it's so, uh, just the spin there, right? That control of media. Um, and at the time of 1984 being written, there was not social media, Twitter, and all those things. Yeah. Um, and you look at the same thing. It's the same, you know, 1984. The cases, the example in 1984 is the same example in Animal Farm. Just the changing of, oh, it's always said that. This is what it's always meant. This is what we, you know, just that spinning and changing of information mm-hmm. is terrifying. Yeah. And I think that, you know, as much as people like shit on like this concept of fake news and, you know, uh, liberal media and how it's all controlled or whatever. I don't buy into it 100%, but there is there is a significant amount of power to the media, and that's scary. You look at Fox News and the way that they're spinning, it gets people to believe that shit. Mm-hmm. That's terrifying. And to not criticize things or not to think critically or, you know, I was talking with Alex last week, and 
just how the cognitive dissonance is so like there are those who seek it Mm -hmm. and those who are so afraid of it they'll do anything to put their head in the sand Mm -hmm. um we have to have that kid back on dude Mm -hmm. she's so funny we were just talking a lot about like uh, i sent you a youtube channel um about i guess he used to be a cop and now he's just like he's a right wing like trump supporting guy and mm-hmm. um her and i both know someone who just like watches that that channel and just falls into the law and and she just said you know i feel this is so genius of her she's like i feel like this person is watching it and somehow finding validation in maybe their own racial biases because a black man is saying these things this is a fucking 14 year old girl saying this shit to me Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, dude. Yeah. Um, but there's there's something there, right? And just uh, how dangerous TikTok is and how, um, you know, people. Did, did you hear about the magnet and the vaccine? Yeah, the lady from uh, Ohio. I, I don't doctor, know. She's a doctor from Ohio. What happened? Oh, she gave a speech on the House floor of Ohio, in Ohio uh-huh. saying that uh, the vaccine can. She's an anti vaccine, anti vax doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah saying that uh, there's things in the vaccine that can make humans magnetized. Wow. If I were one of those house members, I would have walked up with a freaking magnet and been like, and prove it. Yeah, do it. I'm vaccinated. Put this magnet to me. And so see people, someone came up to me and said, hey, uh, they had a magnet. And they're like, will you put this on your, your shot site where you got your shot? And I was like, get the fuck off TikTok, dude. That was my first response. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'll do it. And it just it fell. But th- how? How? How, Jake? Mm-hmm. How? That is terrifying. You're going to fucking test it because you think it might be true? I don't know, man. It's not a... So you just... Ha- it's this is This is how Trumpism survives. Yeah. I don't have to prove that I'm right. I just have to prove that you are also not right. Right. Or picking out a thing that you a, can't a, prove that you can't prove mm-hmm. and saying, see, that's evidence that I'm right. Right. You didn't prove it. So I must be right. Mm-hmm. Dude. <laughs> I almost want to like, have you seen that? Uh, there's this dude who's like got millions of TikTok followers. He's on Instagram now. Um, but I think he's like French or something. Uh, but there's all these like stupid TikTok videos and then it cuts to him like simply solving the issues that they show in the TikTok. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? Mm, no. Oh, dude. It's so awesome. Um, but it's just like that is the nonsense and shit that's on TikTok is like one guy like gets his shirt caught in the car door and he can't get it out. And there's scissors in the passenger seat. So he grabs the scissors and cuts his shirt and then walks away. And then the guy does a video where his shirt is caught in the door. He unlocks the door, opens it, pulls his shirt out and just goes like that to the door. Like, how is that a video? Why is that a video? But that's the shit that our fucking kids are watching, dude. <laughs> Not just kids, adults. Adults, dude, so dumb. Like, <laughs> that's funny. Dude, I thought that TikTok is only a, just a bunch of uh, twenty early twenty douches nope. da- dancing to nope. stuff. It's boomers, dude. Boomers are getting into it. Great. Uh, Hope they at least leave Facebook, dude. This is idiocracy. The movie. Yeah. Yeah. Just like such like. Oh my balls! That show they watch on that movie. Mm. Have you seen it? No. Jake. 
How have you not seen Idiocracy? I that is our future. <laughs> probably is. Yeah. It just sounds like it probably is. I don't know. It's it's it. like uh, so. It the movie literally starts with all these people like um, some kind of uh, less I guess intelligent people reproducing and reproducing then cheating on their wives and reproducing and reproducing and just shows this reproductive tree of just like stemming from like Cletus right Mm -hmm. and then on the other side it's like this young couple and they're like yeah we're waiting to have kids until after college and then well we're just starting our career so we're gonna wait until we get settled in our career and then and then it's like well somebody was in infertile so we can't have children and then like the guy's like I'm sorry and then like they end up not having kids and reproducing so the moral of the story is all these just idiots, idiots uh, idiocracy, right, are, are just reproducing. And then the people who are getting an education kind of phase out. So the whole world is just run by idiots. There's something to that. Yeah. And birth like, rates are, I mean. That's what I'm statist- saying. Statistically, birth rates are low amongst people with couples with like college degrees. Right. That's why this movie's so genius. You got to watch it, dude. But like Dax is in it um, and he's watching this show called Ow My Balls. And it's just somebody getting kicked, like hitting the balls over and over by just random things. <laughs> and it, that's the entertainment that I'm talking about. That's on TikTok. Mm. That's Ow My Balls. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Well, I can I can attest to the amount of idiot idiots uh, on social media. I think you and CJ were privy to one of my... Uh, kind of meltdowns the other day when I was talking about when I was I was having an existential crisis uh-huh. about trying to figure out trying to oh yes trying to uh defend uh trying to def- trying to defend our governmental system and you ignored my drunk response is that what it was that a drunk response yeah oh really yeah I didn't ignore it I said I did read it I know <laughs> I was like I'm buzzing I just typed this whole thing out no one responded you did later but not that night. You said you shut your phone off and mm-hmm. tuned out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, it's, you got to watch that movie, dude. It's, it's, it's not a good movie, mm-hmm. but it's, 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 so what happens is Luke Wilson, he gets volunteered by the military to be like cryogenically frozen for like, I think it's supposed to be for like a month or like a week or something. But then the program gets shut down because of corruption. And then he accidentally like gets lost and then, frozen for like hundreds of years wakes up in the world of idiocracy and he is now just an average joe i think his name is joe he is now the smartest person in the world but he just has like an average like iq but everybody is like they're like uh brondo is this uh energy drink like a gatorade Mm -hmm. company and they're they're watering their found uh their farms with brondo it has electrolytes is the saying so dude it's so good. Okay. And he comes into the world. He's like, no, just use water. They're like, from the toilet? Dude, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. All right. You got to see I'll, it, I'll dude. To, I'll have to check it out. I mean, just even if you watch like the first five, ten minutes, like okay. once he gets into the world of idiocracy, it's it's. But that's I mean, like you see you see flashes of that. And what's funny is like both, you know, I see I see right wing friends that I have like saying. This is the liberals. They are idiocracy. And then when you can point to the right and be like, you guys are idiocracy and you guys are so dumb. But it's just, just, I cannot believe the entertainment 
entertainment on TikTok. You know, everyone's like, hey, do you have a Snapchat? Hey, do you have a TikTok? No, I'm a fucking adult. Of course I don't have that shit. Do you have Snapchat? No. Have you ever? Yes. Ooh, child. I got rid of it. You grew up a little bit. I proud of you. I got rid of it. <laughs> it's dumb. It's so dumb. <sighs> yeah. TikTok is not great. I just got annoyed of it because I'm, I was, I got tired. I'd never had it, mm-hmm. but Kylie has it. Yeah. And like, she doesn't post anything. It's just like, there's so much apparently on TikTok. Like, yeah. People make dog videos. Yeah. And See, now Instagram has their own reels. version of it called Reels. I don't mind Reels. They're the, it's the same thing. Is it? Yes. It's not ran by China. <laughs> it's true. It's ran by <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, it is the same thing. And and sometimes you'll come across Reels that are tic, you know made from TikTok or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there's just a lot of dumb shit out there. And we're all just wasting our time looking through it. And there's a lot of dumb shit and decades ago too it just because there wasn't social media it didn't get broadcasted that's true we burn as human beings we burn women at the stake claiming they were witches yeah they were <laughs> that gets me to a conversation real quick we'll end on this do you like horror movies no not at all i cannot watch them why do you, are you scared yes you're scared i will never i won't be able to sleep shut up yeah what's the scariest movie you've ever seen exorcism of emily rose oh, okay I think I saw that. Uh, Anything that has to do with possession, demonic oh, stuff. Interesting. I can't do it, man. I grew up Catholic, so it's uh, like okay. it's always the Catholic priest that comes in yes. and he's like, "Ah, leave devil!" And yeah, then yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm like, "That's like I grew up in a, in the Catholic faith that said like that's possible." Whoa! So I was like, "This is real shit." What about like? Hmm, okay, so that's that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really watch horror films either but then I, I think i told you a few months ago i just binge watched like all of the child's play movies you didn't tell me about that oh i did mm-hmm. i watched them all you know what that is yeah. like chucky right yeah. so i watched all of the all of them and uh it, it's it's funny it's silly it's entertaining um i did uh nightmare nightmare on elm street and then i didn't do see nightmare on elm street i, I always loved as a kid i loved chucky as a kid but i never got into Friday the 13th mm. or Halloween really I watched Halloween more recently but it's just like those franchises I never got into like mm-hmm. Jason just being the stoic being to me I like apparently I like my you know horror killers to be animated and almost sarcastic like Freddy Krueger is very sarcastic Chucky is very sarcastic and it's almost like a, a jokey kind of slasher mm-hmm. right but then like I saw I went to the movies the other day you did? Yeah. Last on Sunday. Mm. I went and saw Quiet Place 2. Where? Right here. Is that AMC? Or? Yeah. Okay. Shame on me. I know. Um, So I went to, I love A Quiet Place 1. Have mm-hmm. you seen it? No. So good. So good. Um, And and it's also Alex, one of Alex's favorite movies. So mm. uh, me, my sister, and Alex went and saw A Quiet Place. And Jen and Lovely went and saw Cruella. Hmm. Jen said it was four out of ten stars. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's too bad. I like Emma Stone. It's going to be a terrible movie. Anyways, so um, they're showing three movies. Cruella, uh, Quiet Place 2, and The Conjuring, the third one. Mm. Uh, and I was like, The Conjuring. The devil made me do it? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Is that something you're interested in? No. <laughs> so I was like, 
I'm going to watch the first one. So I put on the first one because it's on HBO Max. And I'm watching it, and, uh, you know, it's creepy or whatever. And I I watch half of it. And then one morning I wake up. um, Jen and I wake up before Lovely, and I'm just like, I'm going to put this on to finish it. She's like, okay. And Jen is looking over at me like, are you really fucking, are you into this? Like, it was, it, like, when you have somebody as critical or judgy as Jen was right then, you can see, like, right through how corny it really is. It's just corny shit. But I kind of liked it. And it was possession and uh, devil and mm-hmm. evil spirits possessing you. So, definitely not your cup of tea. No, I watched, um, I still have never recovered from watching the first Paranormal Activity. So good. That's a great movie. So now I'm on this kick. I've I've started a list at work of um, different horror movies I'm going to seek out and watch. Um, I find slashers to be incredibly, like, corny. Slashers are different than... Yeah, I know. Okay. I, don't, I don't find those scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, those are just like... I don't know. I slashers? Guess, yeah, they're, yeah, they're it's not just horror. Blood and boobs, dude. Yeah. That's the, all they ever it's have. Just, all that could be fixed <laughs> with somebody with a gun. Just shoot them. Oh, yeah. Spoken like a true gun-toting American. Think about it. He, dude's got a knife. You just get a shotgun. <laughs> Done. Yeah, but he's preying on liberals, dude. True. True, dude. True. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.